Tuesday, we have a lot to cover. There are only two more episodes after this before we go on hiatus until September. So, for the last three episodes of the Prince World Podcast of Season 7, today we're going to be covering Triple H and his year long reign as head of creative of WWE, along with Show A. Otani and the Angels supposedly not trading him ahead of today's MLB trade deadline. Speaking of the MLB trade deadline and WWE, that's what we're also going to be going through on Thursday when I preview the biggest party of the summer, yeah, LA Night Style SummerSlam, as well as recap the MLB trade deadline. And then, of course, the following Tuesday, August 8th, we will recap SummerSlam. So we're doing a lot of WWE. We're doing a lot of baseball as we sort of wind down. Of course, there are injuries in NFL training camp. Uh, we know that there's probably going to be some news related to the NBA schedule, maybe some trade news that potentially drops in the next week. If it's massive, if it's game-changing, I may cover it. But to be completely objective with you guys, I sort of want to stay away from the NFL news at least. Obviously, if it's something NBA, we will cover it. But I will cover all of my NFL training camp thoughts, all of my preseason thoughts when I make my uh, final uh, say, I guess, predictions, if you will, when we come back. The season eight premiere, which will be on Labor Day. That's a Monday. That's when we always do it. Of course, we usually do podcasts Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll be doing that on Labor Day. I'll go over WWE Payback, which is, of course, that weekend. I'll give my thoughts on the show. All Out is also that weekend for AEW. All In in London, obviously, the week before. So we'll have a lot to cover when we get back. But as you already know, you can follow me on all the social media platforms there. Link down below. We are in collaboration with the one and only Voltage Live. And folks, a week ago today, July 25th, 2023, is when Triple H, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Vince McMahon's son-in-law, the husband of Stephanie McMahon, took over as the WWE head of creative. A move that many wrestling fans wanted for a long time. Of course, Triple H ran the black and gold era of NXT from about 2012 to 2019. And then, of course, when they couldn't beat AEW, NXT turned into 2.0, and now it's back as NXT. We all know that. Listen, uh, the WWE product under Vince McMahon at times was very stale. And when you look back at 2018 and 2019, compared to what WWE is today, it was a completely different product. WWE was very entertaining in 2020 during the COVID era. They did a lot of different things. It was very good in 2021 when they came back with fans. WrestleMania 38, I've always said, is one of the best WrestleManias of all time. But after WrestleMania 38 is when things kind of fell flat again, and it sort of felt like WrestleMania 38 was Vince McMahon's departing gift. Of course, that was right around when the scandal came out, right after about backlash of that year. And then, you know, July 23rd, Vince, or July 22nd, excuse me, Vince McMahon makes the retirement announcement on Twitter right before SmackDown, about 4.05 p.m. Eastern time that day. 
We didn't really know what to expect, if it was real, if he was going to be out of creative. Remember how crazy of a time this was in wrestling? AEW was basically dominating the world. CM Punk was AEW world champion. There was a lot of backlash on WWE due to the Vince McMahon scandal. And as soon as Triple H came in as out of creative, I was a little bit worried because of the fact I did not know if he was going to run NXT the way he, or the way uh, running Raw and SmackDown, excuse me, the way he would run NXT, which is the more AEW style, which I don't really prefer. Uh, it's the more in-ring style versus the more storytelling style. And I think Triple H has done a really good job mixing great wrestling. I think on Raw sometimes there's better wrestling than SmackDown, which makes sense because Raw is three hours. Raw is still hard to fill. Uh, SmackDown, especially when Roman Reigns is there, does flow a lot faster than Raw. Even though Raw has had some good parts. Seth Rollins, The Judgment Day, uh, everything going on uh, with the women's division there and Rhea Ripley, Otis, and the Maximum Male Models. Everything recently on Raw, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar has all been great. Uh, it did take Triple H, I think, a little bit of time to get things right. It does help, I think, now that we have a WWE Champion on Raw. I was a little bit opposed to the fact that the WWE Championship versus the Undisputed Championship, Roman Reigns, did not know if Raw necessarily needed another World Championship. Uh, it was certainly the right call. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn becoming the Undisputed Tag Team Champions was certainly the right call. I do think from about July to about WrestleMania, they kind of relaxed the brand restrictions a little bit, which sort of made Raw a little bit more entertaining without, obviously, a world champion on the brand. We know how great SummerSlam was. The spot of Brock Lesnar lifting the tractor of Roman Reigns, I will never forget it. It was run free in my head. It's one of the best spots uh, I've ever seen. The show was very enjoyable. So was Clash of the Castle. Clash of the Castle was a pure A-plus premium live event, as of pretty much all of the premium live events under, you know, Triple H's watch. SummerSlam, Clash of the Castle, Extreme Rules, Survivor Series War Games, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania 39, which was still spectacular. Maybe not as good as WrestleMania 38, but was absolutely spectacular. Backlash in Puerto Rico, was amazing. United Champions in Saudi Arabia was amazing. Money in the Bank in London was amazing. And now we get to one of the most anticipated SummerSlams of all time, I would say, with obviously Cody Brock, Roman J, you know, um, everything going on with Seth Rollins and the Judgment Day. You got Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Logan Paul, Ricochet, the triple threat for the, for the uh, Women's World Championship, which is another thing Triple H has done which in the draft, obviously sending Rhea Ripley, who was the SmackDown Women's Champion at the time, over to Raw, and sending Bianca Belair, who was the Raw Women's Champion at the time, over to SmackDown. Now we have the Women's World Championship on SmackDown, the Women's World Heavyweight Championship on Raw, making them equal to the men. Really like that decision. Uh, I think the one thing he needs to do is sort of take Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, get the undisputed tag team championships off them, maybe rename the belts, give SmackDown the WWE tag team championships and Raw the World tag team championships the way it was done back in the day. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't think Kevin and Sami should be splitting shows right now. Obviously, 
when it comes to returns. And listen, I know I'm just spitballing here, but there is a lot that happened uh, in the last year in WWE. Bray Wyatt was an anticipated return that struck out. I would say he had one match against LA Knight and LA Knight got over and Bray Wyatt really hasn't been seen yet. I really would like to see the Fiend come back. Uh, I think in terms of guys that have come over from NXT, I really do like Bronson Reed. Uh, but off the top of my head, obviously Kit Rowe, complete strike and miss. Karrion Cross, complete strike and miss. Candice LeRae, complete strike and miss. To this point, Johnny Gargano, complete strike and miss. So there have been some guys that he's brought back or guys that have been ordered from NXT that I don't think have gotten as over on the main roster. Part of that has been due to injuries. Some of that is because WWE's talent nowadays is absolutely incredible. Speaking of talents, one of the best decisions he made was turning Dominic Mysterio heel. Dominic Mysterio, now next to the Tribal Chief, is one of the most aided wrestlers in all of the professional wrestling business. Overall, we know attendance is up. We know uh, merchandise is up. Merchandise is at the point of no return, basically. They have the highest grossing merchandise in the history of the company. And the one thing Triple H has done, I would say, is he's been more patient. You know, he hasn't been rushed to push superstars because of fan reaction. He isn't changing storylines left and right week after week. He's giving you investment. He's giving you good matches. He's giving good story. It's a good mix of sports entertainment and professional wrestling, if you will. And I think the product is very enjoyable to watch. The crowds are very loud. Uh, they're selling out arenas again. And WWE is in a really good space. And it's basically Triple H taking the idea ideas that Vince McMahon had because I'm never doubting that Vince obviously as a booker he wasn't the greatest booker but he had some great ideas sometimes I think Vince's intentions were good it was the execution that sometimes fell flat and I think for the most part again outside of some of the returns like Emma and Madcap Moss and you know Nikki ASH going back to Nikki Cross some of these gimmick changes and some of the returns I already mentioned Gargano hit row uh, etc. have not popped. I think Brunson Reed is going to pop. I think Pretty Deadly has done a good job on SmackDown. I think they're doing a good job pushing Zoe Stark on Raw. Uh, the Women's Tag Team Championships have obviously come back. Chelsea Green has been another good addition. I think Lynn Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez and the feud with Rhea Ripley has been pretty good. So there's a lot of pretty good to great content. There's not a lot of things that I'm not liking um, on the product. Listen, I think Austin Theory uh, has kind of fell flat. I think he's one guy that has suffered from Triple H's booking, and that may be because of guys like Grayson Waller coming in and taking his spot. Now, NXT, I don't watch a lot, but I do like the idea of them, you know, bringing in a Seth Rollins, a Dominic Mysterio, a Baron Corbin to the brand to give the brand more legitimacy. Uh, and overall, you cannot question WWE's success right now because they're killing it on premium live event ratings. They're killing it on regular TV ratings. The bloodline itself is drawing close to nearly 3 million viewers on SmackDown, which is absurd. It would double what all four AEW shows bring in right now in terms of, you know, people over two viewership-wise. So... WWE, unlike the last, you know, three, four years, when AEW came in, AEW was the internet darling, and everybody thought it was legitimate competition to WWE, and it looked so for a while, and AEW was gaining momentum, 
But ever since Triple H took over, it is WWE regaining the hotness. And everybody, I think, has always acknowledged that WWE will always be the top wrestling promotion in the world. Uh, but it is how, how they execute. It's how they treat their fans. It's how they draw their stories. And it's how their product. Obviously, the product changes in and out. Some weeks it's going to be hot. Some weeks it's going to be cold. Some years it's going to be hot. Some years it's going to be cold. But I think Triple H has brought a fresh light in the wrestling business. Things that make sense. Bring back the word wrestling and hospital and things like that. It's really the small details that he's done. Uh, and I can't wait again till SummerSlam. I think LA Knight is due for, for a big push soon. You know, we'll see. There's a lot of free agency happening in, in the professional wrestling world. MJF is obviously available. Will he jump ship? I always thought Cody Rhodes, the big guy that jumped ship, maybe MJF does as well. Um, but I do think Triple H has done a tremendous job with WWE, and I look forward to seeing what he does in the year to come. If I were to give him a grade for his first year as head of creative, I would say an A minus. Again, he's not hitting a thousand. He's not perfect, but he's been very good. And there are a lot of people invested right now in WWE more so than in a long time. And I think that speaks more to the game and his commitment to this business than anything else as his head of creative reign in the first year in charge. Hey, Oh, time is supposedly not being triggered by the Los Angeles Angels as the obviously August 1st, I believe it's six o'clock tonight, Eastern Time trade deadline takes place. This man, Shohei Otani, is staying a Los Angeles Angel. And I get it. The Angels are probably going for it this year. They got Lucas Gio, you know, from the White Sox about a, a couple days ago. Uh, they want to go out, they want to win the World Series this year because they don't think that they're going to be able to bring back Otani if they're not legitimate contenders. I will say this. I think no matter what, even if unless the Angels completely win the World Series this year, I think Otani is going to be a Los Angeles Dodger by this time next year. And I think the Angels should go out and they should try to trade Otani and they should try to trade Mike Trout the way Alex Rodriguez was suggesting over the All-Star break uh, during the All-Star postgame on Fox, he said if the Angels traded Otani and Trout, they'd win the World Series in five years. And I don't doubt that, just the way baseball, you know, is constructed. We saw what the Houston Astros did, right? Tanking all those years, getting all those prospects. They're in the middle of a run. They could make, what is it, their eighth straight or something like that? ALCS this year. Absolutely incredible. Uh, as I've said before, you know, Otani is a great talent. Um, you know, I did not know if a pitcher slash hitter would work in baseball. Clearly it is. He's one of the best players in the game. He can hit and pitch. It is hard, though, to metric a baseball player's impact because even a sport like football that we think is a team game and, you know, a sport like um, basketball that is more dominant by the uh, – but by the stars of the game, I do not know if you can modify that in baseball because it is one bat, one pitcher. Obviously, like I've said before, if a pitcher, 
you know, throws a complete game, but he doesn't get any run support, why does it matter? And obviously, you can go five for five in a game, but if his pitching is, isn't helping, then it doesn't matter either. So baseball is completely dependent. It's our metric. You know, we could have, you know, the nine best all-stars and the five best starting rotation on one team. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the World Series. Talent and payroll and all this in baseball doesn't matter. It's about a great pitching, great starters, great bullpen, timely inning mixed with our good defense, speed, all of that. And so... I think the Angels, and I admire them, they're like, listen, we're going to go for it this year. We're going to see how far we can get with Shohei Otani. And I somewhat understand that thinking, but I believe ultimately it's a mistake. Because if you don't win this year with Otani, which they absolutely have to make the playoffs, they're in position to, they can absolutely get a wild card spot. Don't think they're going to catch Houston or Texas in the ALS. But a wild card spot is doable. The problem is, though, if you get a wild card spot, you're going to have to win two out of three games on the road. And if the Angels go out quickly in a wild card round or don't even make the playoffs at all, you're not giving this man, Shohei Otani, any reason outside of living in Los Angeles to stay with the Angels. And there's another team in town named the Dodgers, who they may have only won one World Series in this great run they've had, which was the 2020 season. But they're always in the playoffs. They're either in the NFCS or the World Series. Uh, they give, you know, another guy another chance. Again, many people feel like the Dodgers are just one piece away. How do you quantify that in baseball? Once again, I don't think it can, but that's how people feel. And Otani, you know, a starter a slash hitter is kind of the perfect fit that everybody is looking for nowadays because I do think Otani is going to change the game of baseball. I think a lot of people in the minors and stuff like that are going to start pitching. They're going to start hitting, and literally we're going to see more Otani-like. Not saying they're going to be as good as Otani, but we're going to see more Otani-like players in the future in Major League Baseball. If I'm the Angels, you know, we'll talk about what other teams did at the MLB trade deadline. We always know the good teams are going to get better. The bad teams are, are going to get worse. The bottom teams kind of bottom out in baseball. The good rises to the crop. We have a very good competitive AL East this year. We have a very good competitive NL West. AL West, NL Central's down. AL Central, obviously down. So we all know the good teams in baseball. We know the bad, and there's some pretty good, and there's some okay, mediocre teams. I think the Angels are in that pretty good realm, but I don't know. We've seen the Nationals trade Bryce Harper and win the World Series the same year. We saw the Braves completely redo their outfield at the trade deadline two years ago, knock off Houston, and win the World Series. Could the Angels make a run? They absolutely could. Just like could Tampa, Baltimore, Boston, Toronto, New York, Cleveland, Minnesota, Houston, Texas. Absolutely. All those 10 teams I just mentioned could win the World Series because baseball doesn't matter as much about home field advantage. It doesn't matter as much if you have the best regular season record. It's all about getting odd and playing good baseball at the right time. And those 10 AL teams, along with, you know, the Braves and the Dodgers, et cetera, uh, in the National League, do have a chance. I think there's about 12 to 14 teams this year that have a chance to win the World Series. Very interesting. But if I'm the Angels, man, I get it. You have the best player in baseball. You want to try to maximize your window. But if you don't win a playoff series this year, or even so, there is a chance Otani just walks out the door no matter what, and you get nothing for him. I think it's less than a 50% chance Otani returns in an Angels uniform, which is why I would trade him now.
And that's it for today's episode of Brands, where I appreciate you guys listening. As always, we are in collaboration with Voltage Live. Check out all the social medias down below. As I mentioned on Thursday, we will be back here breaking down the MLB trade deadline, as well as I will preview WWE SummerSlam 2023. Cannot wait to talk about the biggest party this summer. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. We'll see you then. And peace.